this show was started with having someone like you uh, share their stories so people can understand that, you know, where we start and the things that we've gone through don't have to define us for the rest of our lives, man. And I'm extremely grateful you sat down with us, that you took some time early in the morning in Vegas and Channing made it as well, man. So thank you, bro. Back on the pivot, we got Channing, Freddie T. Uh, we got a special guest. I think our show was created for people like Darren Waller, for people who have overcome adversity, come out on the other side of it, and actually use their story uh, to help other people. We're gonna be honest, Darren, man. Like, you're a special guest. Here's why. First of all, it's the earliest show we've ever done, right? On top of it being the earliest show we've ever done, we're in Vegas. And uh, <laughs> though I'm extremely professional, wow. right? And I wanted to make sure I was in the right state of mind to host. Maybe some of us aren't the best. No, we're good. We're pros. Yeah, we're pros. We're, we're, we're consummate pros. We know how to do this. This is my thing. Uh, it's the off season and we're in Vegas. It's 8.30. I don't know what time it is. It's something like that. Bro, what's up? You trying to figure out why we so early? My dog got to get his teeth clean. I got to go to the dentist. I got to get my Invisalign and my last tray. That makes sense. But it's the off season. Like, we could have done it afterwards. This is late for you. Yeah, I'll be up. Like, I'm scarred for life. I'll be up early. See, but a lot of people don't understand, you know, as a pro, you're up, if it matters to you, 5.30, 6 a.m. in the building. Your day is, you know, already jump-started and almost halfway done by the time they get rolling. Right. But that's the cost of being one of the best in the game. Yeah, even in the yeah. off season, like the first day of the off season, I remember I didn't set an alarm and I woke up and the sun was out and I was like, like I gotta be late, like I'm supposed to be somewhere. Like you just have that feeling like if you right. wake up late during the season, it's like, damn, like that's probably 15,000 or something like that. <laughs> right, <laughs> first thing you mind, you mind goes to is money yeah, loss. That number, yeah, right. that right. number, you know that number gonna hit. It's money loss. Doug, you know, we see you now, right? One of the best tight ends in the league. I said every time I get an opportunity on ESPN that I think you're the most talented tight end in the league. But what was a young Darren Waller like? like what kind of football player were you, but also what type of person? I always played quarterback growing up to, right until I got to high school. So I was very, you know, into the game from all aspects. I was always watching, I was like addicted to NFL films when I was a kid. So I was always watching like the history of the game, like old players till now and just studying them. So I always like knew the game uh, I, was, I wasn't very big when I was younger, though. I didn't get hit a growth spurt until like my junior year of high school, so I feel like I had the skill and the mind, but everybody was moving too fast around me. So when I was younger, like I knew I could, like at some point I was gonna be good at football, I could show it, but right now I was like, it was too tough. But I mean, I was just really lanky, you know, I could run, I could tackle, I played safety in high school. I didn't play, I didn't play receiver. How tall were you? I was 6'5 my senior year. Playing safety? Wow. Yeah. 6'5, <laughs> <laughs> 117. Right. I couldn't miss 135 to my senior but, year of high school. Darren, no, nobody, nobody says I want to be a tight end, do they? Like, nah. tight end is not, you're, you're either, you know what I'm saying? You're a receiver or you're not it's hot a receiver. Now, though, like, but before, nobody would say that. But it's, it's glamorized now. Yeah. I it's mean, you know, now. you got Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, yourself, just to name, you know, the top guys in the NFL. So, yeah. I think these young kids 
No, just seeing you guys and seeing tight how they, ends not sexy. It's a new NFL. The girls don't see it and say, oh, he's a tight end. <laughs> right? that, that, that ain't, that, Fred, that's not, that's not yeah, special. Yeah, growing up, it was like, I mean, you had like Jeremy Shockey. I was yeah, a Jeremy Shockey. Shockey. My dad was a Giants oh, yes, fan, so I like Jeremy Shockey, but tight end before was just like a big burly position. It wasn't bro, really like any It's kind a glorified of offensive tackle. Right. So but y'all, like, but this dude, bro, we was walking down the hallway coming here. Yeah, we both were like, oh, my and, God. Uh, bro, I'm looking at you, and I'm like, this dude is big as hell. Hey, so he mentioned Shockey, right? So Shockey was drafted the same year I got to the Giants. He ended up coming to camp late. You know what I'm saying? Like, he held out. He comes to camp. And y'all know how it is. Y'all know how y'all do rookies. You know, everybody has to sing. So as soon as he gets to the lunchroom, everybody's like, all right, Jeremy. Like, all right, Shock, you got to sing. So he's, so he's, he's like, I'm, I'm eating. I'm not going to sing right now. Brandon Short was like, nah, you're going to sing right now. So Shockey gets up on the chair. You ain't got to say name, school, signing yeah, bonus. He right. sings, and when he's done, he's like, good enough for you? Right? He tells Brandon Short that. So Fossil's in there. Brandon Short walks across. Bro, Shock hops off the chair. They get to scrapping. Table breaks, <laughs> everything in the lunchroom, right? They fought in, they fought they in, the, fought lunch in the lunchroom. Fossil runs over, though. Like, oh, no, 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 no. So Brandon Short gets up, and this is when I knew the league was different. He got up, and he goes, oh, we got one. Like he needed to, like he needed to see wow. that. And that was day one. That was day one, bro. That wow. was his first day. But you played receiver though first. Yeah, I was receiver my first year in the league. So, dude, so Georgia Tech used a receiver too, right? Yeah. What happened? Like, why did that move take place though? Uh, my my rookie year, I was getting up to like two forty two, and I was like playing gunner. I was running on special teams, like, but still playing receiver. So they were like, at the end of the year, they were like, all right, we're thinking about moving you to tight end, and I was like. All right, like I get it, because I remember coming in, there was this coach from New England that gave me like a private workout, and he said, you could either be a good wide receiver or a great tight end. I never forgot him saying that to me. And so when they said move to tight end, his, his uh, words came to my mind, so I was just like, all right, let's do it. I've changed positions a million times anyways. You're an all-pro tight end, but your story is bigger than that, right? Your, your, your story comes from having addiction, fighting addiction, um, and I, I would have to think, fighting addiction every day. I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's something that, that goes away. Why and how did that start for you? I like what you said about it's a continuous battle. Like today, it may not be like wanting to use or wanting to drink or nothing like that, but it's like other addictive, addictive behaviors that can replace it. So, uh, but yeah, for me, it started when I was 15. Uh, I took painkillers for the first time, like oxys, like anything you get from a surgery. And it was just, I was hooked from there because at that time it was, you know, football wasn't really popping. I was riding the bench on the freshman team. Or if I was playing, like I got hurt, I was in the cast all the time. So people was kind of making fun of me for that. And I tried to put my identity in football. So it wasn't really working. So I came across those pills and I was like, oh, this makes me feel good. Like nothing else makes me feel like this. So from there, I just, you know, never stopped. Uh, it went on for like a decade um, through being arrested three times, uh, failed at least 100 drug tests in the league, at least 100. Because you, you failed a hundred. So I mean, if you look at the math, if you look at the math. <laughs> hey, 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 bro, the they math ain't math, math thing, bro. Nah, let me, let me. So yeah. I came in the league in the drug program because I failed two tests in college. I was about to get kicked out of college, and you get ten tests a month in the NFL drug program. So okay. Two weeks of two tests is four. Two weeks of three tests is six. Six plus four is ten, and. I'm getting tested that many times a week. I'm still getting up. And so I'm still taking tests. Like sometimes I would like drink a couple detox drinks in a day and like 
go sit in the sauna for like an hour and a half and drink gallons of water and see if I could beat it. It became like a sick game almost. What is, what is that feeling like of knowing you're going to get tested and not being able to stop the action that will make you fail test? Like uh, not being able to stop like taking drugs or it's drinking. A comp- it's a, like a war on the inside, like Lord of the Rings where they're like running down the hill at each other. It's like a war going on inside. Like I don't want to let these people down. I don't want people to think I'm this or that. But at the same time, like I can't stop and I need this like to you know function and just be at peace and not just completely psych myself out and so yeah it's just a constant push and pull and paranoia because there'd be a FedEx envelope in your locker if you fail to test mm-hmm. so I'll come in the locker room and be like I've seen the FedEx envelope I'll just kind of keep it moving just kind of walk around go to the weight room or go sit in the sauna or just like you know kind of not want to be there and then like when no, no, nobody was around I'd like rip the paper up and throw it in the trash so h- how would you feel knowing that um you know, your teammates are depending on you. And they, they know what the FedEx is, you know, when it's sitting there. Mm. You know, and I know they, they, they'll they say, we this guy is fighting his own demons. But how do you think they, they felt when they saw those FedEx the envelopes? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it couldn't have been anything good. But I never really got confronted by anyone or anything because my behavior was never really loud. I was always really quiet and that could play to my advantage. And I could be like respectful at the surface, you know, have a conversation with you here. But I'm also like, I was like very cerebral with how I moved. Like I knew me being in the drug program, them knowing I'm in the drug program, I'm not hanging out with nobody outside the building because I'm not trying to have that conversation. I'm not trying to be confronted on that level. It was only one teammate I had that um, I would hang out with outside the building mm-hmm. and do that with. Did he, did he know that you were doing? Yeah, he was doing, doing it with me. And he's no longer wow. with us because of what we were doing. So wow. it's just like. Yeah, but he's no longer with us. Yeah, it's. Could you say the name? Like, oh yeah, his name is uh, Lorenzo Talaferro. He was a teammate of mine. I was yes. the only dude I would hang out with in Baltimore. We would and we would always, you know, talk about how you know we gonna stop and you know how like we were doing we were doing what we were doing, but we didn't really want to do that shit. Like we didn't really enjoy it. Like we was like, all right, like you know we gonna stop. Like, yeah. but for me to be like, all right, I'm gonna stop Wednesday, and then I'd be like. Wednesday will come and I'll be like, nah, I'll, I'll stop Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Friday will come and I'll be like, nah, I'll just go for the weekend. <laughs> but on Monday though, on Monday, Monday I'm gonna be Monday. a different man. Monday right. sound better. Monday. That, went, that went for months in years. Eight under the influence. Yeah. What does that feel like? I mean, I felt like it was working to my advantage, but it probably wasn't. But it was just like a lot less anxious thinking. So mm-hmm. I, I was overthink things and. You know, you can't really do that. You got to go out there and let your body do what it does. But, um, I mean, I thought it was to my advantage, but it was just, you know, a lot quiet. But I think it was really just the numbing of it. So when I was, I was out there on the field, I remember during games, I would be yawning because I'm like, I don't, didn't really enjoy football because I made it this thing to please other people. It wasn't mm-hmm. the joy of, that I had when I was a kid. So I, I remember games where I was yawning. I'm like, why the fuck am I yawning? I'm yawning in a professional football game where somebody could put me to sleep. You know, I, I, had, I, had, I had some Crazy. of those moments, <laughs> yeah. but it was because of Toradol. You know, yeah. uh, early on, they were they would just have the Toradol and they would call it the T-Train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get in line and everybody get their yeah. shot. Yeah. In the first quarter, after warm-up, I'm just sitting on the sideline and I'm... I'm yawning like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Right. Then eventually I was like, this can't be good. So I shut down the Toradol and... Um, you know, things would pick up for me. But those were crazy moments, man. You're just sitting there, 80,000 fans around, 
and you're yawning as if you're about to fall asleep right there. Like I feel like I feel like like that would scare me. You know what I'm saying? Like if I if I'm in the stadium, because I was always trying to be so hyper focused on my job. Like and, and I guess I wasn't I was more so running to it than running away. When you said you you said like you were doing things to to not be anxious and you know you were introduced to whether it was painkillers and these things, did you feel like you were doing that to escape something? Was it was was it about was it about taking yourself from what you were anxious about and bringing yourself to something else? Yeah, it was definitely an escape uh, because just my reality in my head was that I wasn't good enough or I was like, you know, too weird when I was a kid or just way different than everybody else. So I always associated me being different with something being wrong with me. Whereas okay. today, like I can see me being different is, you know, what makes me unique or what uh, is gonna help What do you me. mean like being different though? Like you see, like other than being like an extremely abnormally large human, you seem very, like very easy, right? You seem very normal to me. When you say being different, so when I was younger, uh, you know, people of my of our skin color used to just rag on me because of the way that I dressed or the way that I talked. Um, you know, the kids in my neighborhood that I first made friends with when I moved to Georgia were white, but I wasn't really looking at it like that. They was outside playing sports and shit, so I was like, I'm trying to go do that. But I'd always be like the brunt of jokes, and so it was just like, man, like I don't feel like I can't change that. I'm black, like, and right. somebody told me I'm not black enough. It's like, it just left me in a weird place. And then it's like, if you go to school, I'm in like these advanced classes. I'm the only person that looks like me in most of my classes. So it's just like everywhere that I go, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I the one that's the odd one sticking out? So it's just like, and that would carry over to everything that I did. So football, I was like, I was never good enough no matter what I did. So I was always trying to overcompensate or please people through anything that I did and alcohol and drugs gave me that ability to just kind of cut that off and just numb out and just push people away. Is, is, is it going now? Uh, like, yeah. You seem like, like you want to appease people. You want to, you know, oh, yeah, right. yeah. fit That's, in. You know what I'm saying? Like right. all of us want to <clears throat> have being. an identity as right. a human being. Is it going now? It's not um, as obsessive as it once was. Like, like at a base level, everybody wants, you know, people to be proud of them or, you know, respect what they do. Like I still, have that. And I still have my moments where I do want to, you know, prove something to somebody or show somebody I can do certain things, but it's not what it once was. What it once was is like that shit. It controlled me. Like, that thought, how often during the day did you think about other people's perception of you? It was throughout the day, man. It was All like, day. It was literally like for me, I remember one time somebody was like, yeah, write, start with writing 10 things that you like about yourself. I couldn't, I could name one and it was that I could out drink you or out snort you or out pop you or something like that. It was nothing that I liked about myself. But if somebody else said that they liked something about me, then I could, I was like, okay, like somebody else verified me. So then I could start feel good about myself. That's how bad it was. Wow. I want to go back. Um, you said around 15 yeah. is when you, when you started. Uh, what were those influences? Was it um, uh, uh, attention, trying to feel acceptance? Uh, bullying, you know, uh, uh, peer, uh, peer influence, people around you. What made you take the, the pills? Um, it was, it was uh, some peer influence involved for sure. Uh, it was guys that, you know, I thought were cool. And I'm like, all right, I'm trying to do what's cool. I'm trying to do what, you know, everybody else is doing. And yeah, and it was just kind of like, I always was like the kid. I was like, I'm not going to do drugs. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do any of that. But in that situation, the way that they said it was like, this will make you feel good. Like we feel, we feel good off of these. And I was like, 
yeah, I'm trying to feel good. Like I feel like I ain't felt good in a minute. I'm like 15 years old. That's kind of scary. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> really early to feel like you haven't felt good in a minute. You know? Like it's a, it's a right. that's a a, a a very short period of time. I see, 15. And, and those guys, um, 15. Th those same guys, um, you, you you are they around? Um, do you uh, know what they're doing? What they're into? I'm, yeah, I still communicate with uh, one of them today. Uh, wow. Still, still homies, but it's like. I don't hold nothing against them, like right. because I've done the same thing along my path, telling people like, "Oh, yo, do this," or like, you know, getting people to drink or that that never drank before. And it's just mm -hmm. like, I don't hold nothing against him. Are they excited for you, knowing what you know the the adversity that you've gone through, you know, the near uh, uh, overdose, um, that life threatening experience? Uh, they they excited for you. They come to games. Or he's he's never been to uh, one of the games out here, but. Uh, I mean, we still remained in contact this whole time. He's kind of like amazed. He's like, I, don't, I didn't know it was that deep or it went that far. Cause we would just, wow. you know, we would just like do that and like watch movies or, you know, just kick it. We wouldn't do nothing crazy. So it's like, but nobody knew like when I was by myself, the, the depth I would take it to. What was the low point? Is it is it nearly overdosing? Like what 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 whatever got you to a point where you said like, damn, Darren, like I got to stop this. Yeah, no, nah, it was one day in particular. It was August 11, 2017. Ooh. Wow. Yep. <laughs> he know, he wow. knows, bro. So to set the context, uh, 2017, June of 2017, I was suspended for, banned from the league for at least a year was the words they used. Oh, okay. And That's because you failed 100 tests. Because I failed there. a bunch of drug tests. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Do the math. And so we're talking maybe two months after that test, I'm, I mean, I'm doing cocaine now. Like, I'm doing more, like, I'm not, like, it wasn't, like, I got suspended, let's get right. It was like, I got suspended. I was saying like, all right, I need help. I'm gonna do this, this, and this, but my actions didn't match. Like I would still just go to the bottle or go to you know whatever I could pick up. And that lasted about two months. And then I knew I was moving out of my apartment in Baltimore because I wasn't gonna be on the team during the season. And this was the day they were having their first preseason game of, of training camp. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna get high one more time while I'm here. Like. I go and pick up, but uh, people have been telling me that pill, that pills get pressed, especially in Baltimore. It's a scene where it could be fentanyl, it could be something, and it's not going to be what you thought it was, but they can press it and make it look like it's what you usually get. Okay. And so I picked up, did what I did, then I went to the store, I was going to get some beer or something, and I pull up in the parking lot, I try to get out the car, and I'm like, ah, I feel like I'm going to like pass out or throw up or cause a scene, so I'm just going to get back in the car. I just kind of sat there. I didn't feel like moving for a while. Then all of a sudden, it was just like somebody just like pulled the plug out of a TV. Like if you're playing video games, you're not supposed to. Your parents pulled the plug out. Yeah. Really? Then I woke up, it was like nighttime. And I was like in a cold sweat, just like feeling like my organs weren't working properly or something, you know? And then you go forth. I just kind of like drove home and I was just like scared from that because I always thought I was in control. I could always you know, manipulate these tests or what I'm telling people or the coaches or anyone, but mm -hmm. I couldn't fool myself in that moment. I was like, I'm not in control of this. Like this is wow. just almost wow. took me out for real. So from that day on, I ain't touched none since. You have that experience yeah. on August 11th, 2017. And just that simple experience is what got you clean or what were the next steps after that? I mean, this is how I know, like, I feel like God was at work because Right after that, the, the Ravens uh, doctors called and were like, yeah, we're looking at your toxicology results. Uh, like, we're scared for your life, basically. 
So like we suggest that you go to like a rehab facility and they connected me with this dude. Uh, it was a facility in College Park because I was in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Went there, the dude did the evaluation on me. He was like, yeah, you need to go to rehab immediately for not only like drugs and alcohol. Wait, was it just like talking to you evaluation or like basically the toxicology report and all that uh, shit? Getting the toxicology results, mm -hmm. took, taking some tests, uh, answering a whole bunch of questions. And he was like, yeah, you need to go to rehab immediately for drugs and alcohol, but also like mental health, like anxiety, things like that. And I was paranoid, so. And, and the, the, the realism, because a lot of people like now, nowadays, the mental health thing is so big, like people talk about it and I think, I think it's, it's, it's at a point where some people overlook it, mm -hmm. but you've seen it and you've lived it. Right. Like that, that part of it, like talk, you know what I'm saying? I just want to, you know what I'm saying? We, we like to have free game here. Yeah. Like talk to people about that. Like that, that the mental health thing is real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you've been through it. What would you say to a, uh, uh, any, anybody that has that, that thought in the back of their mind? That thing where you were like, hey, I, I, could, I couldn't stop this. Why? And they say you have to go to this immediately. Like, you have to be there. Like, the mental health thing is, is, a, is a real thing. Yeah, I feel like anybody that feels like they have an issue, they got to get a therapist for sure. Like, I still talk to a therapist once a week. But mm -hmm. it's just, it's not so much like it being crazy or like there's something wrong with you. It's more so like, I think of it as like putting puzzle pieces on the table. When you talk to somebody, it's like the pieces are on the table. And then from there, they may help you like put the pieces together. Like you still end up making the change for yourself. They just help you see it better and help you like formulate a game plan. But if you're not talking to anybody, you know, the way that your mind has been shaped and warped through depression or whatever you're dealing with, like that's all you're gonna think is negative thoughts. So you're gonna find a way to twist something into it not working for you. Like for me, I was like, I need to go get help. I need to go to rehab. Oh no, nah, they gonna think I'm crazy. So right. fuck that. So are you in a program now? Drug program? Yeah, with the NFL. No, nah, I graduated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said he graduated. <laughs> I graduated last August uh, before training camp. They sent me the letter, and I was like, "Well, I was proud, you know, you like, should for be. real." You should Cause be. Because like, I mean, little things like, I mean, I remember when I stopped like just lying to every single person. It's just like a lot of people would be like. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. But for me, I'm like, you don't understand. That's a huge like, accomplishment. Yeah, right. 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 And, and with that, you know, and, and for people who don't understand, you know, the NFL program is a very rigorous, like it's a, a big, it is demanding. And they, they try to make sure they provide the resources to keep you in line. Right. So that's the structure. You're going to retire someday. You're not going to be playing, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to get harder. You know, you're going to have those challenges. Um, have you thought about that? Uh, yeah, I think about that. You know, when things kind of shift, like once you get into like off season, or uh, you know, I was out for like five weeks this season. Mm -hmm. It's just right. like uh, it's different because you used to having that structure and you right. used to, um, right. you know, any kind of emotion or things built up. You have you're running around. You got practice, walk through, lift. Like you can get all that stuff out through that Your activity. routine. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you don't have a routine, you got to be just as meticulous of creating a new one. Mm -hmm. creating a new structure so we've all retired and uh you know when you while you're playing you know they have so many different statistics of what guys are doing when they're retired yeah. divorced broke all that, these other stats and uh it's it's a it's a it's a transition that if you're not prepared for you know you can succumb to it you know it's it's definitely uh not easy if you're not prepared um but you have to prepare for that much like you prepare you know, for a game, 
Right. And um, it's going to be tough. You'll have those moments, you know, when that structure isn't there. Uh, what did you do when you were out, you know, to, to keep yourself, you know, focused and, and, and not get sidetracked? I hear you randomly wake up and, and feed the homeless. I do like to serve. Um, for me, like what I do personally, uh, meditation, prayer. Uh, I make music. You know, I record at my house, make beats, um, read a lot of books. You can hook us up with a uh, new intro. Song. I know we need a new intro, right? By Darren Waller. Hey, listen, we have right, an intro. We ain't gonna lock in, though, because I don't know if his beats is fine. <laughs> gotta cool. hear something, Darren. We can, like, send, we can send some trials through. <laughs> yeah, we can rock with that. But um, I, I honestly feel like I had practice of like being away from football when I was out for that year. Like after I left rehab, you know, I came home and you know I was going like recovery meetings and stuff like that. But I was working at Sprouts. I worked at Sprouts for seven months. I was a grocery clerk. I was stocking shelves. Hey, Tom, I'm going to cut you off. You Bro. the biggest grocery clerk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, catch, hey Darren, can, can like, you, you put that, hoop? Can you put that bottle on the top? They yeah, say, I got you. They'll say, can you get that water <laughs> off the top? Or, or they'll be like, why aren't you on a field somewhere? Right. Like, yeah. It's a long story. I don't really have the time. So you were, you were only right. a, a clerk. You didn't do, you wasn't the stock boy? Because I imagine you putting up. Oh, yeah, I was going to back stock and putting stuff on shelves and I remember, cause I remember when I got the job, the, the store manager went to church with my parents, and I was like, I need, I was like, I need structure. I need to go over there and just swallow my pride. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm to George Tech. I'll be assistant store manager. It's like, oh no, nah, we need a grocery clerk. Right. And I was like, so I'm bagging groceries if we get busy at the front, like, you know. So that was like humbling for me, but it's like it also gave me a sense like I can serve people. I feel like I can feel good about the work that I do, no matter what line it's in. Right. And it kind of helped me. You know, detach my identity from football because I, at that time, for six months of that suspension, I didn't even want to go back just because of the, you know, the state I was in and how I was feeling, how anxious I was. I was like, I don't want to go back and play. But eventually, through my training, I was able to fall in love with the work of it and not trying to please people. And then that turned into me wanting to go back. And it's like now today, like I don't feel like I need to please critics or coaches or anybody that's evaluating me. I can just connect with the joy that I had when I was a kid and just roll with that. And bro, you you a dog. We all know like, you know. Now he can go, flat out go. Yeah, you 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 been you you would have hit me for 14 catches. <laughs> like Tony Gonzalez. 198 yards. Well, Tony did, Gonzalez. Did you strap Tony, Tony Gonzalez though? Tony Gonzalez he impregnated me <laughs> one time in Atlanta. We made, like we we made a child. Whoa. <laughs> bro, he had I bet seven. that child was light skin as hell. He had seven Seven for 70 in the first half on me with the little option route, put the elbow on me. And I've seen you do it when you run up. But even like, like that, that, that success that you've had, like, and you know you're going to, like, you know you're going to be open. Like, what's, what's that, that feeling? And you're talking about, like, your, your, your struggles, yeah. but your successes, though, like, yeah. That you know, bro, we was talking about it walking in. Bro, you are a big-ass human. <laughs> like, if you get mad right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. We got to jump If you in. ran over here, yeah, we, we got to jump We got to jump in. We got to jump in. We got to jump in. Like, you're, like do, do, you, do you put your, like, your, 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 your struggles and all that? We all have struggles. Yeah. But then do you look at your successes and look at what you are and look right. at that there is no linebacker right now. I'll tell you in the NFL that when the coach tells him, Hey, you got Darren. Huh? Excuse me? Who, who, who my Safe, oh, we're doubling? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Safeties, too. Oh, all of them. Corners, too. Quarterbacks look at you like, goddamn. Like, do you, do you understand? Can, can you, 
We talking about mental health. Can you understand that? Can you appreciate the good and the bad? Yeah, that's um, important. I'm getting better at it. I feel like I things have been like bad or chaotic or crazy for so long that that's what I'm used to. So it's like when good things are happening, I'm just kind of like, I still have the thought of like, oh, well, it could be like it was, like or like you know, like this ain't gonna be for long. They're gonna like I'm a fraud or something. But now I'm able to appreciate it more because it's like my. I feel like my character is more in alignment with the good things that are happening in my life. Whereas before it was like, I was lying, manipulating, like just being a demon for real. So it's like, now that my character is more in line, it's like, okay, like I feel like it's authentic in my success. Like, like I deserve this. Like, this is something that is, should be for me. When you are now having come from some of the things you had to overcome, when you look back at your past life, how do you feel about that? How, how, how have you made peace with, I, I, I wanna say who you were, but I guess you always are that and you fight that every day. How have you made peace with the decisions and actions of your past? Um, man, I'm just like gratitude, like, because if it wasn't for everything that happened, who is to say I'll be right here if you just change one detail of the story, it may not be the same. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I'm grateful for everything that happened up until now because now it gave me, you know, understanding and a certain conviction of, you know, how I want to live my life and not base it off of what the world is doing or what what's cool around me. It's got to be what's healthy and what's best for me and, you know, the legacy that I'm trying to leave. Where do you find like the most joy though, bro? Because I think like, like I've obviously, you know, never been where you are. I think we've all obsessed, obsessed and been addicted to something. Right. Obviously, what you dealt with is an, at, at an extreme level. Where do you go, though, for, for joy? Like when, when, when you think to yourself, this is where I'm the most happy, mm. right? What place is that? For me, it's like being in nature. I just went this past weekend by myself. I drove up to Utah and was in- a By place, yourself? Yeah. I was in this place called Snow Canyon State Park and I went to Zion National Park which was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never felt like an ant before, but in that park, like everything is just monumental and just being there and, you know, just being in that presence, not having the noise or the technology or anything around me that I have to do. It's just me being able to be there and just being all of that. Like, I feel like it's nature for me and it's music. You have an amazing story, right? It's a story of redemption, you know, of, of, of uh, just fight, right? And, um, People are rooting for you. Do you feel any pressures that if you go back the other way, do you feel a sense of, of, of letdown? Mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, family, teammates, coaches, friends, therapists, do you feel any pressure from any of it? Because you have an amazing story, man. Yeah, I have, I have thought of that a little bit. It's like, man, if I, because there'll be random times a day where I'll have a thought where it's like, I'll see, like, I don't know, I could like get a whiff of like, some gas or something and be like, oh man, shit, I can go smoke again. Like, ain't gonna be like, hey, one joint ain't gonna kill me. my mind will tell right. me, but I'm just like, I have to kind of come back. But, um, but yeah, it's like, I feel like I've ran through that scenario in my mind before. It'd be like, man, like if I were to ever relapse, like, man, like what would that be like right. for me to go back? But, um, you know, it's just, that's what motivates me to kind of stay in the work of the day because, you know, as long as I stay, on my path, I feel like everything's gonna work out how I should. What What are your conversations with Max like? Max Crosby, your teammate. You know, you guys had the similar challenges. Uh, what What are those conversations like? Do you root for each other? 
Yeah. Um, do you tell each other different um, techniques and, and things to keep your mind right here and away from, you know, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. We kind of, we read out of, you know, the same books every day and just kind of, you know, our heads are just kind of in the same space. So, of course, it's just like locking in on football and everything, but it's really like wherever you are at any point in time, like while you're there, it's like putting all of your energy into just being in that place and being present and, be, and realizing that there's a lot of things that can take me out of this, a lot of, you know, self-centered things, me wanting to prove myself or me wanting to, you know, get with women or things like that. Like, there's a lot of things that are pulling at our attention that we could be addicted to different kind of behaviors, but it's just about, you know, leaning on each other, leaning on guys that are similar to us, and realizing that, you know, a lot of things that we want are really just like short-term pleasures and comforts as opposed to like the long-term character that we want to build or like right. the long-term life that we want to build. And people that are that are watching this, right, they 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 understand they they've heard about addiction. And they you know, you can walk down the street and you can see a a fiend or crackhead or, or whatever you want to call it. Um uh, but those people don't have a lot of times the accessibility. You know, you're rich. You know what I'm saying? So I, I believe that it's much harder for people in your position. It, it's so easy for women to throw themselves at you. You know, guys, teammates, the influence from within going out to party and you see this and you hear these stories, but that's a that's a whole nother fight. Right. You know, and uh they and mess especially with me. being light skinned, like fine people <laughs> like me and me and you, like being so fine, <laughs> right. like it's like Chang, everybody Chang, listen, Chang, listen, Chang, listen, Chang, listen, RC, no RC, RC, don't act you crazy. Are two, you guys are on two different levels of yeah, you in jungle mode. Who oh so I look better I look better <laughs> than I look better mode. than No you don't. I, bro. So pause, I I'm pause, like a, I'm like don't. a nine. You a good looking dude. You like an eight. I'm so, a nine. So it, you know what I'm saying? It's hard. Yeah, appreciate you, know. you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why, you know, I, I they, they tease me. And I was I was going to say they tease me because a lot of times on this show, you know, I like to commend people. Like, and they think I be sucking up. Pause. <laughs> I, like hey, to, hey. I like to commend people. Yeah, I'll scoot your chair closer together. <laughs> I like to, I, <laughs> you know, I, I like to commend and congratulate people on their efforts. And, you know, when I recognize that they're doing good. You know, and it's not being a kiss ass or anything like that. I'm glad I didn't use the other word. <laughs> but, uh, bro, it's pause. It's, pause. Uh, but it, it's tough. And I think people need to, to understand that. Right. Men you need know? to do that more in general. Just yeah. with each other. It's obviously, you know, your story, you come out on the other side. Um, you know, and I spoke about it earlier. I think just from a, a talent level, uh, to be that tall, be that fast, have the hands, be the route running all of those things, when you see where you are now as a player, like aside from everything you've overcome in your personal life, when, when you get on the field, are you truly, because you you know made jokes about the safeties earlier, are you truly like, hey, man, can't nobody out here hold me? Like, are you running to the huddle every time with Derek? Like, say, dog, if I got one-on-one, -on -one, give me the rock. Me and my personality, I'm trying to develop more into that where I can demand those things. But before, it's like, I could still be in that mode where I'm like, well, I'm just kind of lucky to be in the league, lucky to have a job really? kind of mindset. And so I'm trying to break out of that. And like, I've had those conversations that need to be had with people, but usually I'm like, you know, just kind of stay to the back because I've always been in trouble and that's just kind of been fixed in my mind. But in my mind, I believe like this one-on-one, -on -one, there's anybody here like, yeah, I'm, I'm cooking. Like, I, that's what I believe every time I get up there. Like, it's gotta be some kind of zone. It's gotta be some kind of bracket in order for them to win the rep. Right. But 
as far as having that conversation with the quarterback or having that conversation with a coach, like it's still something that's I got to work on and be like, it's not me stepping on toes or me being arrogant or nothing like that. It's just like, you know, I want the team to go as far as it can go. And I feel like you can exhaust me as much as possible. Like, but I don't want to step on people's toes because somehow in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I'm still that guy that's lucky to be here. You know what I'm saying? You guys at the Las Vegas Raiders had what I'd consider an unprecedented year, right? You had a, a coach whose emails come out, um, you know, one, you have a guy on your team that is gay and, you know, there's homoph homophobic language. Uh, there's also, they called it racial tropes in that. Um, and then you have a first round draft pick in Henry Ruggs, who is just truly a tragedy what happened to him and also a life is lost. Uh, what was it like being in your locker room and what, what role did you play in being a leader in that locker room this year? Just from when those things were happening, like in back-to-back -back weeks, it was just like, I don't know, it kind of got to a mindset where it was like, all right, well, man, it feel like something might, something might happen like every week now, like what's, like, what's next? And you just kind of, I don't know, it kind of makes you numb to it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just trying to be a leader and, and let guys know that it's okay to grieve these individuals. Like we don't have to be like, um, all right, on to the next, like, got to forget about this because these were people that were, you know, integral in what we were trying to build here and people that, you know, we cared about. So we're allowed to feel these emotions. Don't cut yourself off from feeling because then that's going to cut off from your experience in some other area of your life. Like if you're cutting those feelings off then you're going to go home and then maybe cut your family off or, mm -hmm. you know, not be able to, you know, really focus on the game plan that week. So just allow yourself to feel everything. That's what more the, the role I was in as a leader. So last year is in the bag. You got a new coach coming in, Josh McDaniels, uh, offensive guru. He's an amazing mind. Does that excite you? Knowing that in that Patriot scheme of thing, the way they, you know, they scheme up things, all the success that Gronkowski had, yeah. had, does that excite you? Have you thought about that? Yeah, I have. In his first day in the office, like as soon as I got back from Utah, like I went in there and was sat down and talked with him and. I'm very excited about being able to work with him and just him to be able to take my game uh, to another level. Um, I want to be able to keep being challenged uh, to be my best. And I feel like as far as work and doing that and improving players, him and that system is where it's at. Right? Hey, but what, what's that conversation? A new <laughs> head coach, a new, uh, he's an offensive guy, Josh McDaniels, an offensive man. Do you tell him, like, bro, but he just I'm, said he played a back, though. So no, I'm just saying, like, that's nah, the thing. It's, so it's, I use that So I use that as an opportunity for me, like, like when I, like, meditate, reflect, it's like, how do I keep growing in my life? And it's like, okay, when I meet him, let me create this open dialogue of, like, okay, I'm going to be honest about what I feel and what I want, but in a way that's not, you know, demanding or, like, just being arrogant. Like, now I'm going to use my voice and not just fade it back because... I'm past that. I'm not in that stage of my life mm. anymore. And if somebody were to hold me in that place, like that's that's not right. Like I'm I'm not the dude that's just like trying to earn keep a job now. Like no, now I'm trying to be the best player that this organization has ever had. Mm. Like those are the kind of things that I want to think about now. So it's like okay, let me establish this dialogue with this coach and let him know that all right, there were some opportunity. There were some times last year where I could have said more. I could have done this, but I'm gonna say it now and let you know that hey, 
exhaust me in every way possible because I want to go. Yeah, I want to go get it. Do, do you? Do you like? You know, I don't know if it's joking, but do you tell your coordinators like <laughs> ten targets a game? <laughs> you know, hey, hey, fifteen targets a game, coach. <laughs> like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like you, you like real talk. Like I, we, we, I play. You know, Freddie. It's the the Jacksonville Fred Taylors. Every we talk about that all the time. Like, <laughs> Fred is all that Jacksonville had, and Fred showed out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. us playing defense, like what, like looking at you and seeing what you do, but seeing that you're so talented, right? Like that that balance between being a team player and being like coach, throw me the ball. Right. right. This dude cannot cover me. Like what? What's that balance as a as a, a, star. a big target as a star? star. Like. As what you're doing, what's the balance of saying, like, listen, one-on-one, I'm open. Two-on-one, <laughs> I might be open, coach. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what's like that balance? Um, yeah, it, it, it can leave me, uh, you know, kind of frustrated sometimes on the inside, like when I come off the field, but I don't want to – I'm somebody that never wants to step on toes or have right. the tough conversation, but it's like they have to be had, especially for the sake of the team winning. It's like me not being pushed to my limit – I don't think that's good enough for the team to be as great as they want to be. Right. Like that's what that's the kind of player that I feel like I am. What I bring to the team. So it's like me not having those conversations where I feel like I should have. It's like it can leave me kind of on the inside. Like damn, like just kind of mad at myself. Like why don't you just say something? Yeah. Right. And <laughs> why don't you say something? Right. A question. No, be honest, no, bro. Why don't you say something? That's that's me kind of trying to break out of my personality now. As before, is like I don't want to step on toes. I don't want people to not approve of me. If I were to say something like it's like in that lane that I'm trying to still unpack and overcome. Oh, so listen, I can just say that. A big listen, question. RC, can we, can we tell him, Fred, can we tell him? Bro, you're, 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 you're a monster. dog. You're a monster. That's what they want. Like we, we, we joked off air about Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and all that. that That's who he is. Bro, you're there. Yeah. See, but this you're you're on the defense. You don't have to ask for those reps or those plays, those opportunities. And on offense, if if you're as good as he is, that's gonna speak for itself. Coaches know that our success is gonna come through him. So you don't have to go in there and say, "Hey, I need at least 15 targets a game." You know, you, you, they're gonna script up what they need to script up to get him the ball. Now the other teams are trying their best to defend that. Right, and they're going to challenge him. Well, that's but, why you was mad when you say you only had 15 carries. In yeah, that but game, I didn't go in count. there. And I didn't. I didn't go in there and coach. I need 30. But maybe you should. You know, have. coach. The coaches will go back. They'll they'll go back and they'll look at it and they'll say, "Damn, we should." But Fred, it's, it's too late ball. after you lose in the playoffs. Too late. Look, it's too late. They, they learn. Tennessee the whooped coaches, y'all three times in one the season. Coaches we have about to learn. The co- look, I don't have to go in there and insert myself in that manner. The coaches they went back and saw the film. Yeah. And the next game, I got a lot more than I can handle. You know what I'm saying? So right. that'll speak for itself. Your talent is going to always speak for itself. You just got to show up. You know, what, people, is, people that is, play offense, that's the, the reason y'all play offense because y'all are passive. But nah, <laughs> but you don't want to be a prima donna. Look around no. the league. <laughs> Listen, Freddie, I'm telling you, y'all are passive. Just Do passive you want to be one of those guys? Pleasant guys. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to be one of those guys in the locker room that's known as the asshole or the crybaby. You're not getting your touches. I've never wanted to be that guy because... My play, I'm, I'm competitive as hell. And that's going to speak, that's going to supersede me. It's going to speak before I even see the coach. You know what time it is. Right. So keep doing what you're doing. You know, we, we talked earlier, you know, and I made sure to say that every day you have to get up and win. When, when you wake up every morning, uh, do you set a goal of who Darren Waller is going to be that day? 
I write journals, I write affirmations, I write, I try to keep certain words and certain like principles mm. uh, in what I do. More so like, uh, like just being honest, uh, being of service to other people, um, maintaining faith no matter what circumstances look like. And I feel like if those things are, you know, in the fiber of my being for that day, like I feel like good things are gonna happen. You know, I don't try to overcomplicate it or you know, set goals like that, really. I just feel like it's like, how am I going to keep improving? How am I going to keep going down this road and making sure that, you know, this becomes a permanent part of my character, not one, not needing to change the way that I feel or get the instant gratification that uh, came from, you know, the disease that I have. Like, right. I'm somebody that wants things to happen right now. Like, I'm going to get high right now and feel how I want to feel now. So I can take that into other areas of my life, and that's not a good part of my character, when I force things to happen, that's when things go bad. And, uh, you know, I just try to trust God's will in every area of my life and like see how can I position myself in a way that I'm in alignment with that and just go from there. August 11, 2017, was that the biggest pivot in your life? Easily, easily. Like before then there was no like thinking about any kind of legacy or thinking I'm gonna be the best player on the team. I mean, I was dropping every pass they were throwing to me before then. Like, <laughs> How are we just, high, bro? Yeah, just like, and out there when you're like, all right, don't drop this, don't drop this, don't drop this. Like, So it's like from that shift from there allowed me to enter into a new world, a new way of thinking, a new way of just living and, and believing that you know allows me to move with confidence now and just you know look other people in the eye because I feel good about the way that I'm living. I'm a fan, bro. What, what you do on the field in your life, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm rooting for you. We appreciate you, my dog. Yes, Thank you, baby. Thank you for me. Yes, sir, bro. All love, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, dog, that was amazing, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Hold up. Limitless. Take a simic guy, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On a mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a simic guy, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.